Welcome to Fresh uh, Off the Board. This is our podcast series uh, with an aim to connect with students uh, we worked with in the past and also share information about their experiences, their journeys, trials, tribulations, goof-ups, embarrassments, anything along the way. So uh, delighted to uh, be reconnecting with Raghav Goel. He graduated from Jiri Goenka World School in Gurgaon in 2017 and then uh, joined um, the coveted department at UC Berkeley called EECS, Electrical Engineering and Computer Science. He also did a certificate from the Haas School in Entrepreneurship. And uh, he's done some amazing internships. I've always considered him to be one of these musician, math musicians. <laughs> he's uh, an amazing piano player. Uh, some of his projects we were ideating were around music too. But now if you were to uh, kind of... Uh, Tell us a little bit from your perspective, what was it like going to Berkeley? Did it match your expectations? Would you do it again? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Arjun. It's great to reconnect and just like give some information and like just talk to pre-first students as well. Um, I think just in terms of Berkeley, um, it's been it's been a great experience. It's had it, it's had its highs and its lows as well, but I would definitely do it again. Um, you know, as for expectations, it didn't match any of my expectations. And, um, you know, I, GD Goenka, and most of us in India come from pretty, like, small schools. Our class sizes aren't that big. Um, our entire year is, like, maybe, like, 200, 300 students at most. And so when you're walking into, like, a lecture hall, which is the case at Berkeley, with 1,700 students, it kind of blows your mind, um, you know, just the sheer strength of the school. Um, I think that was something that took me a while to get adjusted to. And, you know, Berkeley is just known for being very real with you and just being sort of, you have to just hit the ground running. Um, but it's been a great experience, the positive and the silver lining out of all of that. And I can attest to this personally as well, is that it really starts preparing you for the world outside um, and the world beyond your four years at college, because it gives you these great life skills um, and super important sort of teachings, I guess, that really help you succeed once you graduate. Um, Berkeley's been great. It's it's definitely been difficult at times, you know, just like the course rigor and just dealing with like extracurriculars plus classes. But it's been an absolutely phenomenal experience um, in terms of just like finding communities of people that I resonate with, that I have things in common with. Um, you know, finding opportunities, just constantly learning and just being a student here is great because you learn in the most unconventional ways as well, just more more than just like, you know, within the four walls of a lecture hall or something. Um, Super. So, yeah, I think that's it, kind of, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's, it's been, yeah. it's been a good experience. Fantastic. So, you know, about academics, you know, the rigor, you mm -hmm. keep mentioning that uh, it is different. Uh, what was it like for you in particular in right. for in, in say, few subjects, areas of interest, and then also mm -hmm. loading yourself with another certificate in entrepreneurship? Right. How, do, how did you make those decisions? Absolutely. So I came in, um, my story to Berkeley was a little unique, and I'll just like mention this so that everyone can hear as well. I didn't start Berkeley as electrical engineering and computer science. I actually got in as engineering undeclared, um, as you know. And that was interesting because I I was at a point, you know, when I was graduating high school, I wasn't really sure what kind of engineering I really wanted to do. Uh, did I want to go into tech? Did I want to do some sort of like mechanical engineering or did I want to do industrial engineering? Um, I was very unsure about that. 
But what I did know was that I like using science and math to try and solve problems and like real real world problems. And that sort of led me to engineering. Um, I think personally for me, the difference was just the way things are taught. Um, I think, you know, growing up in India, it's been it's been very much a type of situation where the teachers are like, constantly holding you accountable, but you have to make that transition really quick where you need to start holding yourself accountable to be able to succeed in the courses that you do at um, college. And this is just not true for Berkeley. I'm sure it's a similar case for every university um, across the globe. The professors aren't going to run behind you to like submit your homework or like, no one's going to like check your notebooks or anything. Like you just have to manage all that yourself. And that's something that takes a little while getting used to. Um, but you sort of ease into it and you just like get, get the hang of it. Um, in terms of like choosing my academic path, I guess, you know, I went from engineering undeclared to EECS, uh, which is electrical engineering and computer science. And that transition was primarily just me trying to explore what opportunities are in the different, um, you know, realms of engineering. So I took an introductory industrial engineering class. I took an introductory Mechie class. I took introductory CS. And I made the initiative like go talk to my professors during office hours and just like use LinkedIn as a resource to connect with people in the industry to see what they sort of do with these degrees. You know, a lot of Berkeley alumni, they were super helpful um, in giving advice and insights into what their careers look like. And that really helped me drive home um, the fact that, you know, CS is something that interests me. And it can be something really small that sparks that sort of realization and like sort of like epiphany moment um but that's that's what i sort of like got into cs um but as i started exploring more and taking like higher level programming classes and just learning about life as a software engineer um i didn't really i started seeing sort of like a little bit of a misfit between my personality and what uh, i would be doing day-to-day for work i wanted something that was a little bit more like a fusion between the tech and the non-tech and not purely technical. And that's why I sort of like, you know, spoke to a bunch of peers about the struggles I was facing in recruitment, in just uh, my dilemma about what to study and like what to do with my life. And someone actually accidentally happened to mention like, why don't you check out this thing called product management, right? Um, And that's how I sort of got into that whole sphere. And we can talk more about that later. Uh, My point to bring this up was, you know, having that fusion of tech and non-tech is what really pushed me to uh, seek this opportunity of this certificate in entrepreneurship and technology um, and actually use it. It's, it's been a really great experience. So um, you have like a bunch of different tracks available. And if you work at a startup, uh, which is what I did last summer, you're able to sort of take certain classes that teach you about, you know, introduction to product management. There's like a lecture series where a bunch of really high level industry professionals come and talk to you. So it's been an absolutely great experience. Um, and that's being sort in, of... Yeah, so being in the Bay Area probably is also uh, something that uh, feeds 100%. into this aspiration and this, the cluster of people looking right. at doing the same thing. Uh, but yeah, yeah I'd like, love, to, love to know more about product management. Uh, of course, uh, many uh, uh, students we work with know that it comes with a fairly fancy paycheck. Uh, right. But... But things can change very quickly, as we know, the world is changing uh, rapidly. So, but what's the work like? Like you said, it kind of mixes people's skills and right. tech skills. 
Right. This took me like a while to understand because if you Google product manager, right, you'll get like 20 different definitions of it. Um, the way I like to think of it is as a Venn diagram. Um, and, you know, if one circle is engineering and the other circle is non-technical roles, right? Like for someone who's like a designer or a business development associate or sales or marketing, a product manager will sit at like the intersection where these two circles overlap and uh, work with all these different like cross-functional teams to really drive the vision for a product. Um, you know, so it could be something as simple as tr- on YouTube, like they recently changed like the placement of the comment section. Um, so someone could be in charge of the comment section, right? Like, and that as that is like a product per se within the whole YouTube um, atmosphere. And so product managers work with engineers to figure out what the best way to build stuff is and how they should build it. Um, they work with designers to see what the most effective design is. They, they're involved with like road mapping product visions, figuring out like how we're going to take this product to market from an idea and how that transformation is going to occur while you know simultaneously just interacting with all possible, possible moving parts uh, of taking a product to market. So it's a really exciting role in that sense because it has uh, it gives you the exposure to the tech industry, but also, you know, you're not necessarily coding if that's not your strong suit. That's fascinating. Uh, you know, and along the way, I'm sure you've realized things that you're good at. Uh, so, and mm-hmm. people might also give you feedback about things that you can improve. What are the three words that define Raghav Goel's strengths? <laughs> um, all right, let's see. I think um like perseverance you know i think um if i do like set my mind on something um i i will try to like jump all the hurdles as much as i can to try and get that or try and accomplish that goal um but alongside along with that like i think something that i try to aspire and i hope that this is an adjective that describes me is open-mindedness um just because with perseverance, you know, it's very easy to get fixated on your goal and just like um, block out all the noise and just drown out all different points of view. And I think if that if that situation happens, it's not the best kind of um, way to progress or like the best path to progress. So just like making sure you're taking into account like all perspectives and taking like listening to other people, even though you're like on that path path of like perseverance. Um, and let's see a third, um, a third adjective I hope would be, if if we're talking like in like a holistic sense, I hope it'd be fun. Uh, you know, just, (laughs) yeah, I think what, um, thankfully, like what I came into college, like the mind, my mindset was a very like work hard, play hard type situation. And thankfully that's stuck, um, trying to create that balance between, you know, hanging out with my friends or doing things for my own non-academic, non-career personal growth while balancing that with um, things that are necessary and things that I do need to do from a more academic and career point of view. I think creating that balance, um, I've been able to do that. So that's something that I would also use to describe myself with. Super. So if you could tell us a little bit about inspirations, I know in the tech world and mm-hmm. entrepreneurship world, there are people everyone keeps talking about and people swear by so-and-so guru or uh, (laughs) someone who's been there done that written great books running master classes who do you follow 
Um, I follow like a bunch of different people. I think, you know, my sources of inspiration um, come from not just like people in the industry, but also like peers and um, some some part of it comes from my family as well. And I think like being at Berkeley, like, that's been like one of the biggest advantages is having that sort of class of peers that are just always just doing absolutely amazing things. And so you can draw inspiration from them, like take learnings from them. Um, my aunt is also a product manager. So I, I have like frequent conversations with her about just um, the product world and uh, things in product. Uh, one of my mentors is a product manager at Salesforce. Um, and he actually got me, um, he, he got me to read this book called Zero One. It's by Peter Thiel. He's a um, famous investor. And uh, that was a great book. Um, so this guy at Salesforce, he is someone that I also draw some inspiration from. Um, and it's my peers. So, you know, Berkeley has a very avid student organization culture. And that really helps you connect with like, like-minded individuals. And so people there have really inspired me to just like do better. And, um, you know, like it's great that I want to go into tech, but I think recently I've realized that I want to be a little bit more than that and also just give back to the community um, and just try to be, you know, just try to give back to um, improve the situation for those coming after me and just present them with opportunities that I wish I had. Um, when I initially come into Berkeley as well. So how are you involved in giving back to the Berkeley student community? Uh, I'm involved with the um, South Asian queer and trans group on campus. And it's a great organization. We're a pretty tight-knit cohort of eight people. And we work to, in a nutshell, create a platform for other queer individuals of South Asian descent. I know that you know there are, there are a bunch of... Um, groups for lgbtq plus individuals on the berkeley campus but when i came in you know um as a sort of maybe like quote-unquote like shy freshman um i was really looking for other south asian queer individuals to sort of who sort of share my experience and my struggles and it would have been great to just have an opportunity to interact with them um so i work with them to sort of help them host events just normal mixers and we have alumni panels, we have uh, sort of tech talks from individuals within the industry. We host some, we host, you know, workshops for our members about like what goes in a good resume and just like professional development skills. Um, so it's been an absolutely fantastic experience. And it's really helped me also just find a community here at Cal. Amazing. I think your journey and sort of figuring things out and making your absolutely. place in it is just uh, a great uh, sort of encouragement for everyone uh, who's listening in. So moving forward, I think moving back in time a little bit, actually, yeah. uh, high school, awkward teenage life, and then this massive goal to make it to a great university, yeah. uh, setting yourself up for success, but also knowing that there are high chances that it might not happen. Uh, right. What what kind of advice would you give high school students who are in a similar situation, who are applying right. Absolutely. I think like I'll, I have like a couple things. Um, I think first I would just start off by just saying, you know, don't stress out about it. And this sounds cliched, but trust the process. Um, I like I know like all the people will have like a dream school. I had a dream school for me. It was Stanford and I was rejected. 
but I am now at Berkeley and what I've learned through my time here is it really doesn't matter where you end up. Um, what matters like a hundred times more than that is what you end up doing with your time at um, college or at university and just making making the most of wherever you are. And if you just do that, like you'll be set up for success for the rest of your life. Like that's something that I've had, like I had a big realization like after my first year here um, is that it literally doesn't matter where you go. And I think in terms of just like, in terms of like essay writing, just being yourself and being authentic is a great piece of advice that I received um, when I was applying as well. Um, a lot of people, and, and me, myself included, um, when I was initially writing my essays, I would write things that I thought the admissions officer would want to hear. Um, I thought they'd want to hear um, certain aspects of my personality and, you know, not, not hear about my musical side. Um, but, you know, you and Raja, the, the entire Advanced team, like you, you guys also really helped me to understand that, that being authentic is much more important and it, and it has a much deeper impact on your college apps than just writing something you think they want to hear. Um, and I think that's like something that I would really stress um, everyone not to worry about. Like if you're yourself, like you'll find a place that's a great fit for you. And in, I never thought when I was in India that Berkeley would be a great fit for me. But now that I've been here, like I don't see myself going to school anywhere else. It just doesn't seem right. Um, and I think third, in terms of like extracurriculars and projects, like um, take it one step at a time. It can get a lot and it can be a little overwhelming, but, you know, just take it one step at a time. And I think something that I've always really valued and I think that everyone should keep in mind is don't do a project or an extracurricular just for the sake of doing it. Um, do something or like just for the sake of getting into college. I think it's really important to do something you're passionate about and do something you're interested in. And the reason I say that is not just for like personal morals and personal ethics reasons. It's also because when you're writing about something, if it's something that you're truly interested in or if it's something that you're actually passionate about, um, you'll be able to write a more compelling story about that experience. Um, Absolutely. You, know, you, can try, you can like try to fake it, but that it, that stops at a point. Like that true essence of what your extracurricular or your project was, that only comes when you're really invested and really actually interested in whatever you're working on. Um, that's an learning advice I give. These things, yeah. yeah, so learning about right. these things and then taking them forward in college, obviously, uh, yeah, turned out to, to be great for you. Uh, I'm gonna be, uh, you know, there's something concerning about higher ed and how things are playing out. And you have one more year to compete at Berkeley, and there's so much uncertainty about in-person classes, gatherings, uh, even within your major. I'm sure there's enough lab work that you have to do. Uh, so, how is it that uh, you think? And it's you know, it's Bay Area, and there are problem solvers, right? So, how do you think? Uh, uh, this problem can be solved. How do we get the social, but not the disease <laughs> experience? The social I, experience. <laughs> I think um, in in a very idealistic situation, um, a vaccine is the answer to everything. Uh, uh, I think and be able to go back to reality as we knew as we knew it in January or February. I think until that happens, like um, maybe we should not really hope for getting back to exactly the way we were. Um, 
and take it with a grain of salt because I come, I, I'm talking about this from a very like, realistic point of view um, because, you know, I think in this situation, like being optimistic personally for me hasn't been very helpful. Um, and I think what could help and what could, you know, the way I see it working out is um, some sort of a hybrid situation between a lockdown and reality as it was before. So um, I'm just like off the top of my head, like what that looks like could be bars and restaurants might open, but you may only, they, they may only be allowed to seat like 40% or 50% capacity, for example, or air travel will open, but everyone has to wear a face shield or everyone, you know, um, middle, middle seats have to be empty or, you know, large gatherings to a certain extent can be um, started. I think, you know, Google and Apple are also developing um, a tracker They've collaborated on a tracker that is very similar to the Arogya Setu app we have in India. Um, and what it basically does is it'll give you a notification and just tell you if you've been in contact with someone who's had COVID. And if you have, you're at a high risk. So I think it. I think a lot of it depends on the sophistication of these developments as well. And if they're successful, I think we might be able to get to this sort of new sense of reality where. Um, you know, people are going out, but it's in a very controlled manner. I think we might not be able to go back exactly to the way we were, you know, having like massive concerts and like having Coachella and things like that, um, unless we actually have either a cure or a vaccine, um, you know, either of the two. Um, but that's that's my two cents of it uh, on it. In terms of like higher yeah. education, yeah. in terms of higher education, I think, you know, most universities are planning on doing some sort of... Um, a hybrid system um like even berkeley for example they've announced online classes for the entire fall semester regardless of whether in-person instruction starts but i think what they're trying to do now is trying to figure out when the best time is to allow students to come back to campus um it's a big consideration for them because on the one hand they have like great financial losses but on the other hand like they also just can't ask people from all these different countries and the national students especially and people to fly during this pandemic so they just have to wait it out and take those decisions closer to i guess the start of fall semester right so i think fair enough i think your insights are uh, uh, quite useful for anyone listening in uh, you know as events pan out i'm sure there'll be more information hopefully some Absolutely. good news but yes, uh, being optimistic, like you said, is uh, not making things worse because uh, it's been two months already. Uh, people are getting a little itchy about the situation now. But uh, how do you deal with uncertainty in general now? Because there are kids who are supposed to go to college, kids who are supposed to get a fancy graduation in person graduation ceremony and or have jobs that are now kind of postponed or uh, rescinded. Uh, I'm sure you've had your own uh, sort of series of trials, tribulations, failures, what advice would you give? Um, I think like, and this is, okay, this is really cliched advice, but I only repeat it just because I think it's, it's the only thing that's helped me really stay sane in the face of all the uncertainty is that just don't let it, don't let whatever get you down. I think there's always a way around things. Um, you might have to get like extra creative about it, um, but it's definitely possible, uh, you know, if your internship was, for example, canceled or if your job is, uh, 
So if your job is canceled, you can try to get some more experience in the meantime um, through a side project or by working with like a couple of your friends or your peers while you're on the job hunt, for example. Um, and you know, if you're if you're if you're, if you were supposed to graduate, I'm sorry, you didn't have your graduation. Um, but you could always like you know return like in the if you if you're a college graduate, you could return in the fall or in the summer to walk. Or if you're a high school graduate, uh, you know, just like use it on Zoom and think about that college graduation you're going to have in four years. Um, you can party twice the amount then. You can celebrate twice for, to compensate for missing your high school graduation. Um, but I think what I mean to say is just, you know, take every day as it comes and try to make the most, try to, try to make the best of a bad situation. Um, you know, I actually like, you know, uh, if if we have time for a small anecdote, um, I my Microsoft internship. They, I was in India um, earlier in April when um, in late April they basically announced that they're going to be going ahead with a virtual internship, but it's not going to be possible for people located outside the U.S. or Canada to do the internship. Um, and it was it, it it hurt a lot because you know you work really hard for something, um, and then when someone tells you that you know it's not going to happen because of things that, that are out of your control it can definitely hurt a lot and i think a good thing to do in that situation is know that it's okay um to feel bummed out about the uncertainty but at the same time like pick yourself up and dust yourself off and move forward and try to think of the best possible solution uh, and the best possible like, contingency plan to um face the uncertainty great i think with with that advice, I think we'll wrap up today's session. But it was, uh, like I said, an amazing uh, experience just uh, reconnecting with you and knowing how you've grown over these three years uh, and the experiences you've had, not just professionally, socially, connecting with yourself, connecting with peers, uh, using resources at Berkeley. And that, that's another, for we'd save it for some other time. Uh, how do you really survive in a large and very large <laughs> university like Berkeley? But uh, we will be announcing a few panels, uh, maybe mm -hmm. two people moderating uh, and having interviews or uh, discussions on topics. And I'd like to do something with product management. And that's uh, uh, there are students I've worked with who are now almost uh, running unicorn level companies. They started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll, be, it'll be fun to put two and two together. Absolutely. Uh, happy to uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, do those connections. So thank you so much, Raghav, and uh, be safe, and I'll connect with you soon. Perfect. Thank you for having me. Stay safe.